Welcome to another episode of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. This podcast is sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North Homeschool Academy offers live online classes, clubs, testing, ebooks, community, and more. We have a unique, one-of-a-kind special needs program, allowing your K-12 through grade student to take classes and excel in small group classes. We also offer academic advising. We offer performance series tests by Scantron, which can be taken in the privacy of your own home, is secure, and allows your students to take up to six tests, as well as giving you a Lexile reading score. You can find us blogging two to three times a week at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. We have several Facebook groups that you can join, including True North Homeschool Tribe, Survive and Thrive Special Needs Homeschooling, and Classical Homeschool. We'd love for you to download and follow this podcast at iTunes and share the link with your friends. This month, we've been talking about the concept of teamwork. And today, I would like to introduce my husband, Dr. David Nearing, who will be with me talking about teamwork. Hey, Lisa. Hey, it's great to have you here. I am always liking to do things with you. (laughs) Okay, so... This month, again, we've been focusing on teamwork, and the first part of being a team is that you have to establish what you want to do. What is the point of your team? You have to clarify your purpose. Why are you together? What's the point? Yeah, and that this is commonly done in two different ways. Uh, often they do it. People do this through vision statements or mission statements. Uh, the difference between the two, in my view, is, is you look at the, the word vision, is the vision is a faculty or state of being able to see. So a vision statement is what does it look like when you achieved your uh, your purpose? What's the the long view? So you're focusing on on what it appears to be in the end. Mission statement um, is is when you do things together, which where it's focusing on the outcome or assignment and telling how we're what we're carrying out for others. So mm-hmm. one is what we're doing together, the other one what it looks like. Both of these are purpose statements where we're doing something together where there's a point, but we're looking for a larger meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning is really important in our lives together because meaning is the art of experience. And so when we're looking at at sorting out our teamwork, our roles, our goals. We're really looking at how we're smaller actions uh, or story fits into a larger story. There's my part in the story, uh, and then there's a story that's bigger than me, and then there's an even bigger story than me that transcends my place and time. So we're looking at my where my story is that fits into the team story, the team story, how that fits into the bigger campaign, and then the bigger campaign fitting into a national story maybe or something. And then that that ultimate story is where we're at in God's creation, the story he has for us. And really, the whole point of any vision or mission is to really bring glory to God and really be focused on what is our part in this grand sweeping story that crosses continents and time and space. And we get to be part of that. So our teams, the teams that we're on, are no small thing. They're very integral to this bigger, sweeping, grand story throughout history. Well, that's what is glorifying to God. Bringing glory to God means we're recognizing explicitly how our small stories fit into his big story. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that you're going to do when you're on a team is just to clarify goals, roles, and expectations. And these are three separate things. We're going to talk about them more in depth. But first, David has a great story from one of our favorite movies, Apollo 13. Well, I I use this story commonly when I'm working with couples and helping people understand what roles and expectations are and how that relates to goals. The 
story comes from Apollo 13, as Lisa said, uh, starring and uh, directed, I believe even produced maybe by Tom Hanks, who plays Jim Lovell, the commander of Apollo 13. And in this particular uh, scene, uh, Jim and Fred Hayes are having to do a burn to align the lunar module slash command module uh, pair into alignment with a return trajectory towards Earth. So they're, they're in a crisis in this scene. Like, Apollo 13 is way off track, and if they don't get realigned, they're going to just float off into nothing and die. Well, the command module has lost its engine. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, it's actually exploded, so all they have is the lunar module. The lunar module is the only thing with an engine, mm-hmm. and this is not something that they anticipated or trained for. So it's a totally new experience, and their lives dependent upon them getting it right. Mm-hmm. So the first thing they have to do is establish a goal. They know the overall job here the overall role is to again the 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 rough goal is realigning the uh lunar module command module pair into the proper trajectory towards earth but then they have to get it very specific and the way that jim does that is to put earth right in the center of the lunar module window so now he has a target he has a very clear goal and now they actually have to adopt their roles and each of their role is to have a different firing position in firing the lunar module, but the thing is, they're going to now do this in reverse because they they were planning on landing on the moon. They're not landing on the moon. Mm-hmm. They're actually inserting into orbit, so they're going to do their normal roles mm-hmm. in reverse. So they have to both learn the new role and accomplish it in a, a situation that their lives depend on them high getting stress. it right. High stress. High stress. The stakes are high. The stakes are high, but also very intense teamwork. Mm-hmm. So they're going to learn while they're doing. Mm-hmm. And the interesting wow, that thing sounds like marriage. that is marriage. Right, you have, yeah. you learn while doing like no one, in a high stakes. It's not like you get to practice, really. No, no, no. Usually a practice is, is known as a failure. Right. <laughs> so, right. Not funny. Not well, funny. Yeah. So so you're going to actually do this this mission together. And the the most interesting thing to me was to listen to the dialogue that they do mm-hmm. while they're actually doing the burn. Right. And while they're doing that burn together, all the dialogue relates to their sorting out task ownership. And sorting out task ownership is an intrinsic part of communication. We'll talk about these things in a little bit. But you can hear them say, no, that's yours. That's mine. That's mine. No, that's yours. And I got it. I got it. I got it. No, I get it. It's off again now. And, and it's all that. It's frantic and it's stressful and it's tense. And it's desperate. And it's like marriage. Right. <laughs> exactly. And homeschooling and living. Right. And anything in, in life worth doing, actually. Yeah. And, and so here we have this clear idea of roughing out a goal, being a specific goal, sorting out roles, and then communicating and, and then checking what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So the first step is to rough out your goals, break down the mission or the vision, just like in the Apollo 13 movie. Their goal was to get back to Earth alive, right. not to get there dead, mm-hmm. not to float off into space, to get back home living. And, 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 they, and they had to correct the trajectory. They had to correct the trajectory. And that's just like marriage where you're constantly correcting and auto-correcting and figuring out where you need to just shift Mm -hmm. and change so that you both make it to the end alive, right? Right. Um, But in order to do that, they had to break down their goals. Um, And so they had to to align the ship and then they had to decide who was going to do what. They had to do it backwards, all these things. But they they broke down all the big steps. Right. So they had to, first of all, they had their, their... overall mission and purpose that's the the big thing get back to earth 
their immediate goal, and then they had to break that down into a series of goals. They had to rough out that goal. That first roughed out goal mm -hmm. was correcting the trajectory. Right. So they, they had to correct that trajectory, and then they're going to specify that goal a little bit more and because they already had the roughed out roles. I mean, mm -hmm. when you have a big thing like a mission or a purpose or a vision, it's like a really big elephant. Well, there's the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? Hopefully you don't. Well, it depends where you're living. Um, you know, it, it is if you're living Siberia, you know, several thousand years ago, maybe you did. Mm -hmm. But you have to actually break it down one bite at a time. Now, one at this stage, when one is a roughing out goals, you're not doing it finally. You're only roughing it. It's like a somebody who is a uh, does sculpture. An artist who does sculpture roughs out their work first before they actually makes it fine so they can see or imagine the specific contours. Mm -hmm. So at this stage, well, we have established our mission, our vision. Now we're going to rough out goals and we're ready for the next stage. The, so the next stage is to establish or rough out your goals and deciding what each of your jobs are on your team. So we really like Galaxy Quest too. I mean, maybe Apollo 13 is fine art, high art, and Galaxy Quest is kind of low art. Um, but it's such a great film. And there's this one, this one scene where Gwen, her job on the ship is to repeat what the computer says. She has to ask all the questions to the computer. The computer talks to her alone. And then she repeats. Won't talk to other people. Won't talk to anybody else. And then she tells everybody else what the computer said. It's rather ridiculous. And people are going, would you stop that? And she gets really upset. And she goes, look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it. Right. So again, she's really owning her role. Yeah. You know? And the computer's not letting her get out of her role ownership. Right. And that's kind of like how God is sometimes in our lives, where he gives us something to do. And he's not like Jonah and Nineveh. He's not going to let him go until he does his role. Right. Roles are like positions on a team or parts in a play. Mm -hmm. Or you could say they're, they're overall areas of ownership and responsibility. It's it's when people play on teams, one can either like basketball, you can play man-to-man -man or play in zone defense. Right. Well, the role is the zone defense, which is generally better. There are times when it's, it's former, like in an emergent situation, but the zone defense is better. Now, the word job here is a little confusing because job can mean task or job can mean role. A task is the thing that you do within the role, the various things, like if one's uh, playing in, in a, on a basketball team, you have specific tasks like dribbling and shooting and, and passing, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But there's an overall role like guard or forward or, mm -hmm. or whatnot. And so. just another sports analogy is outfield. If you don't have clearly defined roles and you don't call what you're going to do and own what you're going to do, someone's going to drop a ball. Or right. going to crash into each other. Yeah, like in uh, Angels in the Outfield, the first mm -hmm. problem they had was not communicating out in the outfield. Right. When there was a high fly into the middle field is that, these two guys either missed it or ran into each other, which is inevitably what happens if you don't communicate. Mm -hmm. so, or have clearly defined roles. Or have clearly defined roles. So the essence of the role is that zone of specific sovereignty responsibility, Jim Lovell and Fred Hayes. So the role would be their positions in the firing of the thrusters. In baseball, it's the positions on the field. It's important to work your zone, but also sort out ownerships. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. And these aren't tasks or behaviors necessarily, but they do entail tasks and behaviors. Right, because the tasks and behaviors fit inside the role. So, But the problem is to be careful not to get either overly rigid in those roles or overly flexible. The, the central aspect of a role 
is role, responsibility, and ownership. If you don't, if you're not faithful in the ownership or responsibility of that role, you get lazy, then it begins to fall apart. If you get overly rigid and committed to that role legalistically without having role flexibility, well, then it begins to break apart again because people can't work with each other in flexible ways. Mm-hmm. So it's important to be flexible in the boundaries, but being committed to the roles. Mm-hmm. So how do you sort out roles? I I love using the five common topics for different areas in life. And if you're not sure what they are, we do have an ebook at True North Homeschool Academy. You can purchase it there. But we're going to go over it really quickly. What are the five common topics in relationship to Before we do that, Lisa, can we go back just a moment? Um, One of the things we talked briefly before we did this podcast was the idea of nested roles. You know, Mm -hmm. with Jim Lovell and Mm -hmm. and Fred Hayes, Mm -hmm. they both each have these equivalent roles in firing the thrusters. Right. But we also have Jim Lovell having a commander role where Jim has a, uh, whereas uh, Fred has a a crew member role. And and it's interesting, a lot of times part of role definition is also understanding that we might have multiple roles. Right. So we have to define those additional multiple roles and how they overlap, conflict, or complement those other roles as we actually sort through this this commitment to roles and, and a good way of doing uh, defining that is through the five common topics mm-hmm. and the first one we usually use uh, the first one with that we use is definition so you want to start with the definition this is a common ground for establishing roles and definitions count the first task god gave to man was to what define the animals and, and name them name the right animals, and so right. when you're naming your role you're actually talking about what you get to do and what you don't get to do. Yeah, the the definition is like staking out the foundation of a house and digging that foundation and digging that trench mm-hmm. and, and then pouring that footing. That, that footing right. that is now poured now is the basis for the foundation. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the things we talk about is sort of now starting to put up the foundation. But before you can do anything, you have to define your terms. And we're living at a time when people really want to redefine terms on the fly mm-hmm. without really coming to agreement what words mean. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah. Right. So um, I was just in a, a discussion with somebody who was really offended that she was told she could not define what woman was. Her husband's an MD. She said that a woman was defined biologically and she could speak to what a woman was because she was biologically a woman. And she was told by somebody that, that was very narrow-minded of her and very bigoted, and that she really had no right to define woman, that really the only person who could ultimately define a woman was somebody, because not all women have certain body parts. The only person who could really define what woman was was really a transgendered male. And she just found this to be ridiculous. Well, it it rules out the possibility of teamwork and conversations. Like, how do you have a conversation with that? Well, you can't. That's, That's just tyranny. And, and so, again, when a person says, it says, okay, if you have a definition idea, if you disagree with your definition, the proper way to approach that is, okay, we're going to draw a distinction mm-hmm. and we're going to use your definition under what circumstances and my definition on another set of circumstances, realizing that we're really defining two very different things. Right. We might even use different terms to qualify our definitions to really show that we're referring to different things. But no, we don't just insist on using our definition and posing on somebody else without coming to a consensus about that. Because if we don't have the consensus, we don't really have a conversation. Right, exactly. So as you're determining what your roles are, you want to start with the definition, and then you want to talk about the relationship of that role. And the relationship really gets down to the essence of what a role is, what's contrary to it, and what is exclusive 
to it. Right. That's that's saying what is the very nature of it? What is the heart of that particular role? As you said, what is the, the essence of it? The third common topic is compare and contrast. This makes the edges even sharper, and um, it also allows for some fluidity around the edges. Um, you might define a woman as a biologically adult grown female, but it also might be a, a girl. Um, so there's some fluidity sometimes, uh, maybe not, but it also establishes overlap, just like in a Venn diagram. Well, another way is thinking about paths. Paths have, their, they have some place they're going to, that'd be the definition. Paths have a center, they, they, they have a direction that they're going, that's the center of the path. Paths have edges to them that says what's path and what is not path, mm-hmm. okay? And then paths have a surrounding environment, which go, brings it to circumstance. Right. Circumstance is where you are at in immediate time and space. So our circumstance is we live in 2019 in North America. We are married. Um, that is a different circumstance than if we lived in England in 1215. Um, it would be a totally different time and place or if we were in Asia or Africa or the North Pole. Um, so circumstance really is context. Well, and that's anyone who interprets scripture understands that if you're going to interpret a, a text, one has to look at the context. And mm-hmm. there's several different contexts that you're looking at. You're looking at sort of the context of the paragraph. You're looking at the context of the book. You're looking at the context in history. You're looking at context of the argument and the action, all those different things. Uh, context, 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 and that has to do with circumstance. Right. And then the last common topic is authority. Who establishes the roles? And as Christians, ultimately, God establishes roles. Right. The authority has to do with, again, that nesting of our uh, each level of the story, mm-hmm. because one doesn't have legitimacy without having authority. Mm-hmm. And that legitimacy is what gives lawfulness or rightness or or the greater meaning to what one is doing is that one has authority in our in our path analogy. It's why you're on the path traveling in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's what's your point being on the path, right. okay, is is why you're there. So, are you even allowed on the path? Are you even allowed on the path, right? Or, are you, you on know, the wrong path? Or the path, wrong path, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it, it ultimately will distill down to the greatest context with it, which is who God is, but it has smaller and smaller levels to it. That's mm-hmm. what the issue of authority is. Now, when you're in a conversation with somebody about anything, and there, it's important to find out who they're appealing to as their final authority. Because if they're appealing to somebody that is a completely different authority than you have, you might not have the basis for a really um, beneficial conversation. Well, you can't have a conversation. You know, there's no common frame of reference. Mm-hmm. You know, a fun, another funny vignette is in the Star Trek. And Spock has died, and then We're he's come back. That's right, sci-fi, right? And and Spock and Bones come up and wants to have a philosophical conversation about about his dying and coming back to life. And Spock says, um, "Well, it's impossible to have the conversation. There's no common frame of reference." And Bones says, "You mean we have to? I have to? You have to? I have to die first before I can have the conversation?" <laughs> right. And and in some sense, the answer is, "Well, yes." That's yeah. why he changes the subject. Is that is because there is there's no common frame of reference in which to have the conversation, and that's where a lot of conversations in this society are totally breaking down. People are appealing to this greater group, their group that they think is important as being their particular authority, when there is another major blocks and groups within society that sees their authority in this nested context 
And, and so there's really no capacity to have a conversation because there's no common phrase preference as, as it relates to authority. Well, I like the example that you gave of just where politics are at and the authority with politics right now is well, that we're really becoming very bipartisan in our country. Well, yeah. And it's not about Republican and Democrat. Right. Well, without getting too much into it, the, the Republic is based on the Constitution. The Constitution the is based, The Republic is based on the Constitution, the Constitution, and the Declaration. The Declaration, based on the sentence, we hold these truths to be self-evident. And that entire sentence has to be interpreted in something somewhat coherently the same. Otherwise, you have people just talking past each other. And we're not living in a society that can really come to any consensus on that statement. And so that's why we have these arguments, because there's no common frame of reference. Mm -hmm. And so this is the issue of authority. Right. So we mentioned these five common topics to help you understand how to define and understand your roles in life as part of the bigger team, be that as a homeschool parent, as a, a partner in a marriage, as an employee or a business owner, but just what it means to be a team. And we are going to take a break right now, and we will meet you next week when we continue this discussion on teamwork. But this is Lisa and David Nearing with the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, True North Homeschool Academy.